is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to either earn or buy someone's love. Hello to all of our listeners who finally figured out their mother has severe narcissistic personality disorder over the Thanksgiving holiday. My name is Christine. My sister Jessie and I created this podcast to help ourselves and others heal and not feel so alone with the torment and the unfairness of their childhood. Hey, Jessie, I have not talked to you in forever. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm just been really busy. You know, I went to Los Angeles and then now I'm here. <laughs> Why did you go to Los Angeles? Oh, no reason. Just to see Los Angeles. I've never been there before. Oh, okay. Well, did yeah. you go with a friend or what? Yeah, I went with a friend and then uh, I was at the LA car show. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. So besides your recent trip to California, you've been really busy working and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been really busy working, trying to make that money. Mm -hmm. Get that paper. Yeah, you know, holidays, people want stuff. (laughs) Just take, 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 never give, give, (laughs) give, right? Yeah, how are you doing? Well, um, a couple hours before we talked, I thought I was about to go into um, a fifth time of the dark night of my soul. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's where you have some sort of ego attachment from your childhood programming, your childhood conditioning, and you're like severing it. You finally have awareness of it and then you sever it. It's very painful because you have to unwind. You don't have to, you choose to unwind who you are separate from the childhood conditioning foundation you were given. And a lot of times that is so scary for people and why they don't even, they don't even do it because they, who are they without that? People get scared and have unknown possible unknown happiness when they do that. So anyways, the reason I was getting, starting to get myself like worked up and then get myself out of it, but um, I recently have had a friend who was, who's been going through a divorce and, um, a few months ago when she was like telling me things about, you know, things he was saying about her or who she was, the type of person she was. And it was, she was almost like this robot repeating things. And I was like, that's not true. It sounds like he's gaslighting you. And so that's how usually my seeking and my journey starts. I start going, huh, I have more questions is usually what happens. And I am looking for answers. And so as I'm starting to read about gaslighting, then I get, you know, to the narcissist and I'm like, oh my God, he's a narcissist. And there's, by the way, there's like three or four different kinds of narcissists. It's not just this thing, person you see driving in a Corvette, you think, oh, the narcissist or something. <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, as I'm reading this stuff, you know, I, you know, it's sounding pretty familiar. Well, the other day I was 
uh, reading and I was like, what about narcissistic mothers? And I was literally floored because the things about a narcissistic mother, there was this whole checklist and my mother checked everything, everything on this list. And I'm talking, there's over 15 things, Jesse, except for one. Yeah. That's the wrong list you want to be checking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there wasn't even a, a, even a pause. Yes, yes, yes. So like a narcissistic mother, they're envious, they're jealous, they're undermining. They play favoritisms with the siblings. Like my mother would always, um, like if I would bring something up to her about an issue, she would say, even your brother, Danny understands. You know, little shit like that. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yes. I feel like my mom makes, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they rationalize abuse. It's lifelong. They will contact relatives, in-laws, friends, and broadcast blatant lies. Like, you know, the last time I cut contact with my mom and had set boundaries with her, you know, she's texting Shane at two in the morning. Shane, question mark. You know, why are you contacting my, my ex-husband? You know, you haven't even talked to him in like over a year. Um, she even, <laughs> I guess she was trying to text her daughter-in-law and she ended up texting me. I forget what her daughter-in-law's name is, Sarah. She goes, Sarah? And I'm like, God. she literally, my mom had literally just told me, and now I'm not confused, you know, because she's on all these pills. And then she texts me, you know, the wrong name. <laughs> It's like, that's, you know, ironic, huh? But, um, but I love your mom's in, like Facebook posts, you know, I don't even know. Cause I, you know, they're like going to the doctor fell down again. Right. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. This is what an old person's Facebook is. That's what a narcissistic person does because they're seeking attention. Um, like, you know, their love is conditional. They tell people or insinuate you're crazy. Like my mom, like had messaged one of my friend's mother recently and said, I was hanging around a bunch of young girls. And I'm like, um, I hang around one young girl every Sunday and she's 19 and she is my creative partner in my business, you know? And she's like one of the smartest, brightest people I've ever met. I mean, she already is about to graduate school and then going to have her own business and knows what the tax laws in Texas are. You know, it's like, yeah, you know I, what love, I mean, you have to have those type of people on your side. You have to have younger people on your yes. side because they know things that you don't. Exactly. First of all, they see the world differently because they were born when you were not. Well, and they, the technology part of it, you know, they're more advanced because they grew up with that, you know. Right, exactly. And they also just understand like the whole new lingo of things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. yeah, they know what's trendy, right? You know, yeah. what I mean? like for, with 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 the world to and on their level. And so. So, but with my mom, who knows what she was trying to insinuate with that, right? I mean, I guess that I'm wild and crazy now that I'm divorced. I'm just hanging around a bunch of girls getting drunk. I, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. But like, you know, Marxistic mothers are very selfish. They're very self-absorbed. They violate boundaries. They're defensive. They're extremely sensitive to criticism. Um, they project, they blame, they're never wrong. There is absolutely no awareness of other people's feelings, your feelings. They're always the victim. And they attempt to destroy your relationships, just like recently her messaging somebody trying to destroy you and I's relationship. I honestly don't even remember what she said now at this point, but I, I just, I, you know, dropped it out of my brain. But she was trying to insinuate you were saying something about me. And I'm like, 
I don't even, it doesn't even matter when she talks to you. It doesn't even matter. Right. Cause she doesn't know anything. Right. She creates her own scenarios. That is very funny. Well, you know, at the same time, she, she comes in when like, she tries to be like, Oh, I'm not like, I'm your friend. You know what I mean? Yes. Like she, she's a snake in the grass in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't trust her at all. No, she's you know? very manipulative. She uses people's pain to manipulate them. And that sucks that you had to have that as a mom. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, I, um, when I was reading this, I mean, I came home and I did this, it's been a long time since I've done this, but I did this guttural sacral cry. Like I was howling in my kitchen because I work in mental health and I know there's no cure for this. They never get help because they don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But you know what? That's your not your problem. That's her right. problem and her husband's problem. Right, her. right. I was just, it's like a grieving process because you only get one mother, right? So it's like, you know, and then also my inner child felt defeated because there, she will never be cured or never get, it's like, that is now I have the evidence. She will never change. There's no hope. So what I do is I just move forward. I'm proud of myself that I cut off relations with her months ago. I mean, cause that's one of the things with, I mean, it's your choice. If you want to continue a narcissistic relationship, but you have to set very firm boundaries. But the number one thing that was like, cut all ties, you cut all, you are the narcissistic supply. I've been the narcissistic supply. You were with my mom. Like, it sounds like, you know, you cut off all contact. I mean, like Facebook, delete, delete, delete. Like the, anything that you post, if you're, I don't know if you're still friends, I don't even know if she's still on Facebook, but anything you post She's taking those things, and I know it's not your problem, but she's taking those things that you post and messaging people and twisting and creating false stories about you. Oh, well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's why I just never really cared what people think, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. just like, okay. Yeah. And um, even like when my titties were on the internet, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just, (laughs) I was like, whatever. And, and because somebody cared for me, they came down, like they got their uh, cop friend to, you know, do their cop job mm-hmm. and they called the site and scared the site, you know? Yeah. I took my titties down. Mind you, this was not my fault. This dude cheated on his girlfriend and was on plenty of fish. Like who the fuck does that? Mm-hmm. Mason. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, but you know, this girl, this was a long time ago. This girl at this point was like in her third, she was 30. Mm-hmm. and she and I was in college and she was just you know doing all this but it was her problem you know what I mean mm-hmm. she also had ovarian cancer and now that I'm you know kind of you know older and everything and I've learned more about how people act mm-hmm. and all these interesting diseases that they end up getting right I'm like man that that is that is there's a connection there oh girl that you're speaking my language you are speaking my language and let me just real quick touch back on the thing about the narcissist because what you're just talking about is it makes me just uh, so happy but one thing like as a child um, adult survivor of a narcissist they like my number one thing is you feel like no one believes you because it the the narcissist especially with a woman it's so subtle 
And it's hard to quite explain why your mom is such a bad mom, why she's such an awful person. It's like this, this whole thing, because you're constantly questioning your reality and you grow up feeling like inadequate. You always believe it's your fault. You have severe self-criticism, frustration, codependence, perfectionism, um, unhealthy romantic relationships, self-sabotage, um, low self-esteem and like major difficulty accepting, receiving kindness like you feel like you owe somebody something if they're kind to you or do something for you. It's um, I've had to train myself the past few years when someone tells me, gives me a compliment. I mean, my boss, he was like, just say thank you because your dopamine will automatically go up. Even if you believe it or not, it automatically, and I said, so I've had to train my brain to say thank you when someone says, Oh, I like your shirt because before, like, I'd be like, Oh, well, I don't know. You know, I got it at, you know, you do all this thing instead of just receiving what the person just told you. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. You're like, Oh, th- well, I might've chose something stupid. You know, I thought it was so stupid. But yeah. It yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's so now, you know, when someone gives me a compliment, I actually can feel it now. Now when someone I go, thank you. And you can actually see my shoulders and my posture gets like taller when someone compliments me, like I actually can take it in now instead of just saying thank you, I actually can feel it and take it in. And I really appreciate it when someone gives me a compliment, I can, I can receive it without having to do some sort of toxic, you know, thing back to them. I don't know, like a blowjob. I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jesse, you know, listen, let's move on to ovaries. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, this lady, you know, and, and I want to make this very clear. Everybody that has a disease and everything or some crazy fucking disease, I'm not saying it's because you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that for a lot of people I've met in my life <laughs> that end up having some crazy disease, it's usually because of their behavior. And either it be physical behavior or mental behavior. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you know, Christine, I've, I lost Lauren to cancer 10 mm-hmm. years ago. She mm-hmm. was very young. She couldn't have changed. There's nothing she could have changed. There right. Was nothing, that was all in her DNA. Right? right. So again, like sweetest person ever still dies in a tragic way. I'm it's more or less like as we get older, we need to really watch how we treat people because that's when we are more susceptible to those crazy things. Right. And it's, probably because we were shitty to somebody or because we drink too much or we eat too much right this or that you right. know what I mean like I'm guilty of it I'm, right I know I'm I know I am right and I what I do is I take it a step further and go why are they that way they were not just born that way so my thing is is like people who you know have autoimmune disease I mean your body is literally fighting itself why right Right. so so the thing is is that people don't realize we we have emotion the shit that we've been through so you know everything goes back to the childhood right we have all these things these all these emotions that we step down with alcohol food gossip work the news bullshit you know, eating like crap, you know, drugs, smoking, you know, all of these things that we do 
other than feel the emotion and that shit gets stored in your body. And if you're like having a particular emotion, common theme over and over in your life, and it's affecting that part of your body, a particular part of your body. Yes. You're going to have areas you're going to get cancer and whatever. I've noticed like a lot of um, women who were sexually abused, you know, the ovarian cancer, because all of that area is traumatized. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it's all trauma. And so if you don't deal with it, or people aren't even aware conscious of it, right? You know, they do all kinds of things like dissociate, give themselves amnesia, but that your body is trying to tell you something like, you know, like periods, you know, menstrual cycles, you know, the fucking world is so like ready to put a 14 year old on birth control because she has heavy periods. Guess what? Your period is trying to tell you something. Your period is trying to tell you if you have too much progesterone, too much estrogen, vitamin D deficiency, you know, all of these things that is your body's way. And so what happens is, is they put this 14 year old on birth control. Then what happens is the ovaries in the brain stop communicating And that is so fucking important for a woman, your ovaries and your brain and all of your hormones need to be communicating, but they get stopped early on. And then guess what happens? Most women who are on a birth control have to get an antidepressant. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Um, I just, well, I've been on birth control since I was 17. And, and how I'm many 31. antidepressants are you on? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, though, it's very interesting because I started taking birth control because I, I would get such bad menstrual cramps. Like I would be mm-hmm. debilitated. I would be. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. Right. Right. And what kind of fucking diet did you grow up with, Jesse? Oh, great diet. I yeah. ate steak, potatoes, Wendy's, fucking Mexican in. Yeah. All Did, of the great German food. Yeah. Uh, you, or you mean dad didn't have an organic garden in the backyard? Um, no, we left the microgreens in the trash. He didn't make kombucha. No. <laughs> that was just beer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the thing is that, um, you know, when you say behavior, it, it's like, yeah, the behavior came from somewhere and it came, they watched somebody. Like when Sophia will come home, my daughter, 11 year old will come home and she'll say, mom, you know, so-and-so was being really mean and picking on so-and-so and, and I'll say, tell me about it. And I'll listen to the entire story. And then she'll like, give me her, like how she felt about it. And I'll go, well, why do you think they were acting that way? And she's like, I don't know. And she maybe try to create a false scenario or whatever the scenario she comes up with. And I go, well, where do you think they learned it from? And she'll go, I don't know. And I go, do you think that maybe at home they have a mommy or daddy or both that doesn't care or treats others like that? And she'll go, yeah, probably. So, you know, all this stuff just starts in childhood. Like we, it's hard for our brains to explain, like, why would someone act? Why would someone purposely act this way? We all feel like it's purposeful, but most of it's unconscious. Unless you're a narcissist, it's purposeful, but it is so an unconscious thing that people do. Everybody's just reacting. Like, do you think you can be like dumb, but a narcissist, like 
like not know that you're a narcissist because you're just too damn dumb it's not even about dumb it's they have no awareness it's they're they're like the other day I ran across this picture of myself I was like three years old I'm sitting on this kitchen counter and uh, in the picture is my aunt Karen and my mom and Aunt Karen is looking at me, smiling at me. She's obviously entertained about whatever story I'm telling because I have my hands in the air. I'm telling a story with my hands. And you can, my mom is not looking and she looks off like she's off in a daze. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's just a bad picture. You start looking at all these other pictures. She looks off in a daze and not happy in most all of the pictures. And so a narcissist lives in their head. They create these false fantasies because their egos are so fragile. And Mm. how did they get there? Because they were abandoned. They were neglected and abandoned emotionally, or they were treated in a very special way, a very fucked up way. Usually by the, it's always mommy's fault, you know, usually by the mother, you know? And um, so, you know, she wasn't just born that way, but when she was born, she didn't have her mom. And then her father who turned out to not really be her real father, you know, was an alcoholic and married multiple times and married to just one of the women was just horrible. So we, we, I used to go, I can't believe that she has no empathy because she grew up in such a crazy household, but her, She's just has no awareness. She has created this thing, the superior thing in her mind, fantasies. That's not even true. I was reading that the older they get, they're more actually susceptible to like psychosis because they get so crazy. Like whenever, when everybody cuts the narcissist off, like they go into this like psychosis. And if you ever look at like Greek mythology, they're talk about how the narcissist always dies alone. Huh. Well, you know what, though? It's my mom kind of reminds me of your mom in so many ways. Like, it's unbelievable. It's really weird. Not so I don't know how to explain it, but my mom does things in a a very, like, interesting way where I will not even listen to her when she starts going off and like, Mm -hmm. because she'll play, she'll act like she's the victim, right? She's Mm -hmm. always the victim. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just wondering when our parents will ever act like the adult. Like I know, well, obviously, Dad is just going to be a ghost that haunts us now. But um, I wonder when our like our moms will act like adults. So that's you know? the thing is that narcissists, there's no cure for them. They never get counseling. It is if you decide that you want to continue a relationship with your mom, you have to set very firm boundaries with them and you have to not re you don't have to you choose to not react to them okay right yeah and i try not to react to my mom uh, at all anymore like mm-hmm. well but at the same time i set very clear boundaries i was like well the reason why i stopped talking in the first place is because my little sister adriana said that i was she told everybody that i said i was gonna shoot her or i forgot the whole scenario but basically it was miscommunication Mm-hmm. And my mom and my stepdad took Adriana's side automatically. Mm-hmm. And I, they always take her side. You know what I mean? Favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's mm-hmm. the favorite, right? Mm-hmm. And I get it because she's the baby. Um, no, it doesn't but, matter. That's an excuse, right? That's an excuse. Yeah. So they play favorites. That's what it is. Yeah, they do that. They do that. And then also, 
when it came down to everything, I had to be the one to reach out um, because I had a question. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, you know, we can either move forward, but next time we get in these kind of arguments or whatever, we both need to call each other out and be like, this isn't healthy. This isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously I still have my anger against her for leaving and she right. is whatever, she, you know, she has her issues. Right. So. Yeah, but setting the boundaries has definitely been something that I want to do because I don't want, <clears throat> I don't know, not after not talking to dad for so long, mm-hmm. I I really miss not having either parent. Like, that yeah. sucks. I don't know how people do it. Well, that's, and that what's interesting you bring that up because I, you know, it used to kind of make me angry. Well, not used to, it, I mean, it used to make me very angry, not kind of very angry and hurt when people would say, but that's your mother. Okay. And like, because you go back, it goes back to that thing. You're like, I'm not being, I'm not believed. Like they don't understand. And it's hard to explain because it's so subtle, you know? And then a friend of mine the other day said, you know, because I, I, you know, work in mental health and one of my best friends is a psychologist. And I was like, you know, telling him like that irritates me when people say that. And he says, your response is, And I'm her daughter. Right. Yeah. She should be better. And that's kind of one of those mutual respect things that I've been trying to get from my mom. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I've drilled it in her head enough because I mean, I've almost gotten in a fist fight with her several times. Like, cause I will, I will hit a bitch and I will like hit you so hard that you will understand what I am saying. (laughs) Does that work for you? (laughs) For, well, for her, she's get she got scared enough to where she started listening. I mean, I scared her. her I scared her enough to give me my little sister's last name. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually when people think that you're gonna beat them up, they typically start talking, or they they change their attitude because mm-hmm. it's like it's like the alpha and the pack. You know, mm-hmm. if you're the alpha, then you get respect from all the other people, uh, all the other animals in the pack. Same in the human world. I'm not demanding respect. I'm just going to prove that I deserve respect. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things that I will always do. That's why I'm a fighter. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I do the things I do in life because I <clears throat> I don't just demand it. I don't think everybody should treat me like one way. I just feel mm-hmm. like that if if a guy comes out of prison and he thinks that prison show like people in prison have more respect than people in the real world, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have turned into, you know? And I think that we have to have that alpha attitude. Like, no, like I'm going to prove you to you that you should respect me because if not, then, you know, I'll put you in a rear naked chokehold. <laughs> Well, and the thing with that is if somebody's trying to prove something that equals, they are in lack of something that has nothing to do with another person. They're feeling lack of something in their life. Like I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I don't, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have this thing. I mean, I used to feel like I had to prove what a horrible thing, what horrible person my mother was. Now I'm just speaking from my experience to help others, I have my voice. I'm not scared of her anymore. You know, like I don't, 
feel like I'm looking anymore for this proof. Like everything is with inside of you. The proof is with inside of you. If you are seeking outside of yourself, you're trying to get external validation, whether it's through, I'm going to knock a bitch out or (coughs) through neediness. Hello, guilty of I am, you know, I mean, like the other day I was watching this video and he was talking about how Aaron Dowdy about when people who are overly nice, it is a form of manipulation to get someone to like you because you feel in lack, man, I have done that (laughs) a thousand percent before in the past, you know? Right. Yeah. And to me, it's the same thing with trying to, I'm going to knock it. It's the same thing. It's the same, whether you have a smile on your face or your fist in the air, it is the same thing. You are trying to get external validation. You feel a lack. If you feel like you deserve respect, give it to yourself. There, nobody else matters. Well, it's I respect all- myself, but I also, so this is the thing. And so when people are like, yeah, this is valid. Like this is an external validation or you're seeking external validation or whatever. When you do that, oh, I, I get what, I get what you're saying. And I'm not disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying that I think some people deserve to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and I don't know. And I think that God put me on earth to be people's karma sometimes. Like, you know what? Jesse's willing to do it. She's gonna, she's gonna do it. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily me trying to prove anything. It's just me saying, wolf, wolf, bitch, I'll back the fuck up or something. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe like, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that I'm not looking for external validation from anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. My mom, right. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. she left. Please love me. Um, right. And respect me. Don't leave. Um, but it's not her fault. You know, she was young, dumb and all that other crap. It's more or less the fact that, I think that this world has, be- because of social media, we have become extremely disrespectful to one another. Mm-hmm. And now that we are wearing, like we've been wearing masks for two years, mm-hmm. you know, on and off, we don't see each other's faces. So now we've lost that. Mm-hmm. So now we're disrespectful and can't see people's faces. And I just, I hate the way the world's going. I hate, I hate seeing these people thinking that it's okay to act that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay. Well, and what's it's interesting, yeah, crazy enough to like teach you a lesson. Yeah. So what's interesting is Albert Einstein. He said people either believe they live in a hostile world or they live in a loving world. Because like I just rejoined Facebook and it has been nothing but love. I've had people message me, call me, text me. I am not in a world where it's hostile and I need to go, you know, beat people. That's not, that's not the world I live in. So, and, yeah, but there's like, for, I sold, like, for example, I sold this guy an engine mm-hmm. and, and I have a bill of sale as is no warranty. I have to go to court December 9th because he's suing me. Okay. This is one of the people that deserve to get what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they have, like, he is entitled to nothing. Right. And so, so if someone were suing me, okay, yes, I would have a reaction, right? But to me, there is opportunity in everything, every fucking thing in this world that is looked as negatively, like, like we were talking one time about like slow traffic, you know, there is opportunity in everywhere. Like 
again, we can look at it as why is this happening to me? Or we can look at it as why is this happening? And thank you happening for me. Cause everything is happening for you. Well, I but- think it's a lesson. Like I, I'm like, I'm excited to go to court. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's I, I, like, it's online, you know, it's just virtual yeah. court. Yeah. But I'm excited because I'm like, man, this guy is a freaking idiot. But at the, on that note, I want to come at him with love and compassion yeah. because if I don't, then I'm going to have that hate inside of me mm-hmm. where, and they, and no one's going to listen. No one. And so no one's going to listen if you're like having hostile and you're right. I just have to be stuff, right? like, yeah. And especially in court, like you, when you're in those types of situations, your feelings don't matter. Only logic matters. So, right. And the judge is going to do what he's going to do anyways. It doesn't even matter. Right. So, and this is the thing about the whole situation when it comes to me wanting to like, I don't really like go around hitting people. Like I would have a lot of assault charges. Um, <laughs> it's just the fact that I am willing to. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people need to be more willing to defend their honor and what like i don't know i'm not saying if somebody calls you a little bitch you know you should post up and square up and start throwing punches i'm not saying that like like yeah i'm a little bitch what up you know yeah like that's whatever i'm saying more or less like when you're when you're for example when your mom like my mom wants to make everything your fault when you know she left at a young when you were like three or four years old and you're like Mm -hmm. okay none of this is my fault and it makes you angry and you're like okay i'm gonna just like i'm good at verbally abusing i'm like you Mm -hmm. know i'm gonna call names and everything else like that Mm -hmm. but my mom was like are you seriously about to punch me and i was like i i'm seriously debating it because you're making me so angry right now Mm -hmm. i never actually punched her either you know, it's the feeling that, and I, of course, accept the feeling like this is why I know I have anger issues. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, and, you know, anger is just a sub emotion of extreme hurt. Right. Yeah. And then this is it. I, I was hurt a lot as a kid, but, and, you know, I also um, have this weird thing where I like to get punched in, like, I like to get hit, not like in a sexual way. It's more or less like, like hit me and then like something comes over me and I'm just I'm zoned in and it's like one of the happiest times of my life it's weird but Mm -hmm. it helps me relieve all that anger and trauma I have you know yeah thank god for martial arts and sparring right right because I mean it's probably in areas of your body where you're holding trauma and you don't realize it and if it feels good in a release you know that's 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 cool. You know, one thing I wanted to say was, you know, you did, were abandoned by your mother and then you were raised by a father who did not teach you what kindness meant. He did not teach you how to deal with conflict in a kind way or how to teach you that you don't even have to deal with conflict. You can walk away, but everything, he grew up in a world where everything was hostile. And as I was like putting this shit together about my mom, it finally clicked why, how my mother and my father got together. Our grandmother, his mother was a fucking raging narcissist. (laughs) Yeah. So dad married his mother 
to try to heal that wound, but that immediately, they, they weren't even married very long. So it all comes back, you know, full circle. You know, we don't even, we're, we do these things unconsciously. Like, I, mean, I remember being in a relationship, you know, when, before years ago and my husband and I were separated the first time I dated this alcoholic. And I mean, I knew, I started to realize towards in the relationship that I was in this, I, I remember telling someone, this is all about my dad. I don't know. This is all about my dad. And I like purposely sabotaged that relationship. So he would never, ever contact me again, because there was a part of me that had such difficulty setting boundaries. I, I, I felt like I couldn't even, I couldn't say, you know what? You're not good enough for me. It's over. So I created a whole crazy scenario for him for never to contact me again. I made sure of that. <laughs> yeah. You, know? well, you were young, you know, and I think right. that we learn, and this is the whole part of the learning process. You're going to make mistakes. Just try not, just try to own when you make mistakes and say, Hey man, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I did this. I'm sorry. I did that. Right. And usually I, most people will be under, very understanding because yeah. well, they're human. <clears throat> well, yeah. And it's accountability. And like, we never were, you know, given a big, given examples of anybody taking ownership. I mean, my, it was, I will say the only thing like with dad, like I, like I said before, I appreciated him as, telling me, yeah, I know I'm this way ain't changing. Okay. You know, I can, I can work with that. If you're not going to change, that means I know how to set boundaries, you know, with you. And actually I will say, um, you know, there are times that he would come over like on Thanksgiving and there'd be a basketball game on and he would start saying the N word. And I told him, if you say the N word again, you're going to, I'm going to ask you to leave. And he was like, ah, fine. And he didn't do it. And it was, now that I'm actually talking about this out loud right now and remembering this, I, re- I wow, <laughs> I set a boundary with him and he um, supported it. Yeah, no, my, you know, dad wouldn't even let my friend Paul, who's black, stay the night after he was super wasted. My dad got mad that he stayed the night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he was so drunk. Like, how the hell is he going to drive home? And all because he was black, you know? <sighs> Right, right. So, but um, and and that's one of those. This that's different trauma. <laughs> I'm like, I have so much. Like, I'm like, sorry to all the black people ever that my dad was a super freaking bigoted motherfucker. Well, and did I tell you? You know, his best friend Larry told me when I met him for the first time in this over the summer <laughs> that one of the last conversations he had with dad were where dad was saying, "Larry, I was I'm not racist." Like Larry said for a whole hour, dad was going, I'm not racist, Larry. I don't know why you think that. And like Larry goes up and has asked his wife, Charlie's racist, right? <laughs> and she was like, uh, yeah, but what's crazy, like after he died and all these things I've had to do for his stuff, like his CPA is African-American. Like all of these people are African-American. And I'm like, what but at the same time he also did so he was a very weird strange person because he he lost a job defending a black guy mm-hmm. like at, when i lived with like we were you know living in fort worth and mm-hmm. yeah he defended a black guy and lost his job because of it so like at the same time hey he I think that his intentions just were always very fucked up. Like he didn't know what he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I like that. I like, like, like we need a bumper sticker that says that your intentions were fucked up. Like, cause that, that is just, that explains it so perfectly. His intentions were fucked up, man. Yeah. And I think that 
you know, I miss him a lot uh, now that he's passed away. I missed him before, you know, because we stopped talking or whatever. But at the same time, I um, it's interesting when somebody passes away, you get to see a different side of them because you mm-hmm. think of them differently. Right. And the, well, they're not in your face. And then all that chaos is, is gone, you know, and yeah, it's been a pretty interesting journey. Well, Jesse, that's all I know to be continued to be continued. <laughs> <laughs>